Welcome to EnviroPod, a chance to catch up with all the good things your Department of Public Works and Environmental Services does to maintain and improve the environment in Fairfax County. I'm your host, Bob DeMarco, and on this edition of the podcast, I'm speaking with newly hired DPWES Director, Chris Harrington. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great, great to have you. So you started in this position as director of DPWES in July 2021. What are your impressions so far? You know, what's really interesting is how things are similar to where I left in Austin, Texas, but also how there are significant differences. So it's similar enough that I feel um, like I've kind of come back home, but different enough that it's new challenges, uh, which is really what I was seeking when I retired and left Austin. So Austin, Texas, it's it's uh, interesting because a lot of people are moving there, <laughs> and you're moving and you moved away. That's a you're you're bucking the trend. What kind of environmental um, challenges do you see in this kind of climb up here in in Fairfax County that you don't that you didn't see down in Texas? A lot of what we were dealing with in Austin was massively aging infrastructure, and so the density of Austin, even though the population is relatively about the same scale. And spatially, uh, the city of Austin's jurisdiction is is pretty close to the size of Fairfax County. Um, but the development there, particularly our downtown, is much older than most of the development here in Fairfax County. And so a lot of what we are experiencing here in Fairfax is uh, kind of the new development, greenfield development. But there's obviously residential infill um, and redevelopment for commercial properties occurring, too. But in Austin, that pressure was much, much more intense because most of the development in the central business district had already occurred, in some cases, hundreds of years ago. Um, and so that infrastructure was much older. So some of the same challenges of, the, you know, from the, at the global scale, changing climate and what that means in terms of how we respond to events, um, the severity and frequency of events, what that means for uh, our infrastructure and our capacity just to maintain services, that's the same. Um, the new growth challenges, uh, protecting water quality, managing our shared natural resources in the face of our, an increasing population, that's the same. And so it's really exciting to kind of be here on the front end of some of these problems that I've been dealing with on the back end for a long time in Austin. Right. So you have aging infrastructure kind of to look forward to and to plan <laughs> and to plan for early on uh, before it gets to that point. Right. So kind of preventative medicine for the environment and for the infrastructure. Definitely. So why Fairfax County? Um, what was it that drew you in here? So uh, I joke with my fiance, Kimberly, that there's sort of three things that you can do when you're finding a new job. Uh, one, pick the job that you like, you know, kind of the, the industry that you're looking for. Two, pick the location that you're interested in. And three, get paid what you want to get paid for doing that work. And so finding, picking, achieving any one of those three items um, is doable. Once you start adding in combinations and trying to get two out of three, it becomes difficult. And trying to get all three out of three can become really challenging. The benefit was uh, I was retiring from Austin, so I had time um, to look and find the right place. But both of us were really interested in living in this part of the country, and we had been for a long time. So I was looking for public service um, in this part of the country. And so when the opportunity for to join the county team became available, it was exactly what I was looking for. So I got very, very lucky in achieving the trifecta there. Yeah, it it is a great I frankly before I started working here I didn't ever consider working in government and uh when I found Fairfax County or when it found me either either way it was a real blessing. I mean as a someone in production there are opportunities here that you just don't have out in the private sector. 
Totally, yeah. This is a wonderful place of being blessed with resources in a very progressive environment. And so that appeals to me and enables me to be able to sort of implement some of those items where I think with my vision, I can add value. So similar to Austin, um, Fairfax feels right at home in that regard. Uh, I was reading your bio uh, over this past week, and uh, it really it really struck me. You're quite an outdoorsman. Uh, you and your fiance seem to be really uh, attached to the outdoors and those kind of activities. Have you had a chance to investigate some of those possibilities here, and, and what have you found? Yeah, a few. My, uh, my passion for the outdoors really began in Boy Scouting as, um, when I was much, much younger, uh, and we would camp at least once a week. Um, I'm sorry, at least once a month. Um, here, this is week four on the job and week five in the county, um, so we're finally kind of getting over the crest of getting um, the house all settled and uh, kind of not having domestic duties dominate the weekends, and so we right. can really start to get out and explore. It's so green and beautiful, and it's uh, the weather relative to how it would be in Austin right now is much more enjoyable. And so our, the streams aren't quite as clear, so I do miss um, some of that crystal clear water in Austin. But just my walk to work through uh, incredibly tall trees makes it totally worthwhile. So we're, we're starting to get out and about. I would love when people send recommendations of places where uh, we can get on the water and paddle or some great hikes. And we're trying to explore as much as we can. Well, there's a great hike uh, that I did with my daughter and a good friend um, last uh, spring, well, just in the spring, called Old Rag. It's about an hour and a half away from here. Check it out. It's it's uh, might not be as challenging for you as you're a seasoned outdoorsman, but uh, my daughter and I felt a real sense of accomplishment cool. when we got back. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Old Rag. It's a great place. So, um, how did this come about? Uh, did when I say this, your career in um, working in these kind of departments, how did it evolve out of your love of the outdoors? So I was looking for, um, well, actually, when I was in school at the University of Texas, getting my undergraduate degree in biology, uh, an opportunity to intern with what is now the city of Austin's Watershed Protection Department became available. And so that's actually how I started my career. Uh, the, the internship was entering water quality data into a database. And so it was literally reams of paper with small numbers on it, um, typing it into a little like four inch screen that was all like monochromatic green. Um, so it wasn't the most exciting job, but the people that I worked with were really passionate and dedicated and knowledgeable. And I had the opportunity when they did help to go out in the field and collect water quality samples or do some of the studies uh, to start joining them. And so that really pivoted me from looking in, you know, coming in with a focus on biology and the sciences to wanting to go into an applied science field. And so it just was that perfect mix of being in and around water, being outside, providing what I thought was a benefit to, to our community as a whole um, by protecting our people and our natural resources. So it really just kind of grew. And I stayed with Austin for such a long time because the, I was always given new challenges and new opportunities as I kind of progressed completing my degree and then moving in to not just uh, entering that data, but then analyzing it to then designing the experiments to then managing the people who actually were conducting the experiments. Um, to then moving up into uh, Austin's environmental officer position, which was really a special honor. 
So that's kind of uh, the analog of the position you have now at DPWES. It's a little bit different. And so it's uh, there was a management component to it, um, just as there's, well, now a huge management component to running a department as large and diverse as public works and environmental services. But it really focused more on it as an advisor position um, across the whole city. And so one of the things that really prepared me for this job is I was able, um, as Austin's environmental officer, to work with our resource recovery, so our solid waste um, services department, work very intensively with our water utility on both the water treatment and on, and especially on the wastewater treatment um, side of the house, plus the work with watershed protection, uh, municipal stormwater management utility, and with our permitting folks um, in Austin, as well as our urban foresters. And so I really... So, so one, I served as a, an advisor to them, but also sort of an auditor, making sure that everything that they did was ensuring that environmental protection received the highest priority in, in all development. I also worked directly with our mayor and council and our um, citizen advisory commissions, things like here, the EQAC would be the equivalent um, as an example, giving them advice, uh, making sure that they understood the potential implications of their actions and that they had information about all of the applicable state, federal, and, and local regulations relative to the environment. So it was a, um, a little bit of a narrower scope, but I interfaced across the city, whereas here this is sort of a broad scope um, really focused on a service delivery perspective. It's interesting to me that uh, um, watershed protection was kind of your entree into this entire field because uh, just in the work I do here covering different issues uh, for Channel 16 and the media here, um, Water, uh, uh, stormwater management is such a huge issue here, especially with um, so much development happening over the past, you know, 20, 20, 30 years. Definitely. Uh, when it rains, it's got to go somewhere and right. with all these impervious services, surfaces. So what are the uh, challenges that are coming to, to light to you in, in doing this job here in Fairfax? You know, like I mentioned, this is about my uh, fourth week on the job, mm. and I've had a really fantastic opportunity to dive deep and get to know lots of the staff and, and explore the various different agencies and the lines of business um, that we deliver. In, in kind of looking at that and thinking about what will be the initiatives that I take on, um, there's going to be a combination of internal and external initiatives that we're sort of looking at. Uh, one, Fairfax. Our, our county's equity policy is something that resonates very deeply with me, um, and I had a lot of work that we were working on in Austin that I'm able to sort of bring some of that experience here to Fairfax. So I'm, I'm excited in looking into how do we make sure that our department uh, looks like the community that we serve today uh, at all levels of the organization. So there's very much an internal focus on how we're going to uh, develop our employees and make sure that they have they maximize their opportunities for success and advancement. Um, we're facing uh, significant challenges in recruitment and retention, mm -hmm. but that's sort of uh, across, that's an industry standard. So there's there's some things that we're going to be doing to try to address that. Um, that's Those are things that just sort of with the shortages in the labor markets today, everyone is experiencing. There's a lot of that that's outside of our span of control, but making sure that we're providing maximum opportunities for our staff is within our span of control. So that's going to be a key focus. At the same time, we want to make sure that there's equity in our external service delivery so that everyone in the community is e that is benefiting from the great work uh, that the DPWS team um, does to make sure that they're safe uh, and that, they're, that Fairfax is clean and growing sustainably. And so we'll be doing some analysis to see where gaps may exist 
thinking about our strengths and enhancing those, and then see if we can make some changes to make sure that, again, all residents here in the county are, are benefiting from the services that we provide. And it's a significant challenge. Even when we look at our workforce today, not all of the, the people that work for DPWS can afford to live in the county, and mm -hmm. some of them drive really significant distances so they're, they're not easy challenges, but they're things I'm really excited to be able to work on. So that's, that's clearly one. The rest of them I'm sort of still exploring in the organization, but you mentioned stormwater management. And I think we've done a fantastic job here in Fairfax County already thinking about water quality protection and have a long history of uh, successful projects. Obviously, we can all improve and continue, and we are. Our, our scientists are working hard and our ecologists to sort of make sure that some of the stream restoration work that we're doing um, maximizes that benefit uh, and is done in as most of it or as cost effectively as possible. But even just looking at, you know, the seven miles of stream that have already been restored here in the county, that's a really impressive number when we think about how difficult it is to implement those projects. But on the flip side, uh, we're really needing to grow a flood program thinking about how we can reduce flood risk for our, for our county residents. Again, the county has already done some really great projects, some really exciting ones, um, like the levee work. Yeah. But I'd really like to sort of take some of my experience from Austin, where Austin is Flash Flood Alley. So uh, flooding is a very real concern, and, and, and we lose residents and have in the past from flooding. And so being able to take some of that experience and leverage that here to sort of think about are there things that we could be doing better to protect our people and you know, public and private property from the impacts of flooding? Because that problem is only getting worse. As we put more people here in the county, as our population grows, as our climate changes and changes rainfall patterns, that's only gonna, that problem only gets worse. And then every new piece of infrastructure that we add to the problem is a piece of infrastructure that we have to maintain over the long mm -hmm. term. And so it's, it, is a, it is a delicate balance, but we'll have to find that. And then the rest, We'll see. Definitely um, a lot of exciting opportunities in implementing some of the Board of Supervisors initiatives uh, around responding to change of climate, uh, achieving uh, net zero greenhouse gas emissions, um, some of the operational energy strategies that they just recently adopted. So very excited to be looking into that and the resiliency components as well as the sustainability components that come along with it. It's uh, a lot there. Um, it's interesting you mentioned uh, one Fairfax because initially I was thinking, okay, I, I get how you could integrate one Fairfax into the structure of the department itself, but how does it look, you know, outwardly facing to the community? And then you mentioned flooding, and it occurs to me that much of the flooding that we hear about here in Fairfax happen in underserved communities. So right there is a great opportunity to blend those two <laughs> you know, areas of need and interest. Exactly. Even And even with our urban forestry uh, programs, are we thinking about how we're managing the forest or enhancing the forest? And how does that relate to social vulnerability? Or our LED streetlight conversion program, they've already really done fantastic work. And, and some of that is beneficial in the sense that some of our oldest streetlights that we're prioritizing for replacement first um, occur in some of those areas that have, are most socially vulnerable. But at the same time, we have to ask ourselves those broader questions of, well, are there places in town uh, that don't have streetlights that need them or that lighting is inadequate? Kind of we need to be thinking about as we resolve some of these flooding problems, are we adding to displacement or gentrification pressures to those mm -hmm. residents? So how can we resolve um, flooding issues and, and keep communities intact? And again, we have, it, that is not an easy equation to solve at all. 
with something that we worked very hard on in Austin. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to take some of those lessons learned and share those with extremely talented staff working on them here in DPWS to see how we can do better for our community. Uh, you mentioned uh, the the recent board, um, I don't know if it's a resolution or what it is, about carbon neutral counties, uh, Fairfax, getting ca Fairfax County carbon neutral by 2050, I believe it was? 2040, 2050. 2040. Yeah, what, what does that mean to you? I mean, uh, uh, try and explain that to me because um, I'm not, I know, I know it has something to do with uh, um, the, the purchasing of buses and vehicles and stuff, but, but how, how do you expect that to be implemented? We have a significant fleet of lots of different kinds of vehicles to do our work in DPWES. So we'll have to be thinking about what can we do to reduce our carbon footprint um, in the vehicles and the equipment that we operate. Some of that may, they're not actually, are, there are not um, industry standard electric vehicle replacements. Um, but we're experimenting with some. We're working to get some all-electric um, trash collection vehicles out on the road uh, to see if they will meet our needs. At the same time, we're adding projects to um, add charging infrastructure for uh, electric vehicles. It's one of the things I've noticed here is that there's not quite the same robust uh, charging, charging infrastructure publicly for electric vehicles as there were in Austin, but I'm glad as I stepped in first day, we already have projects in the department working on that. But we also design and construct lots of facilities for the county. And so making sure that those facilities are designed and maintained in a way that maximizes sustainability is another big part of our portfolio. So you're talking about the actual buildings, new buildings that are built. Exactly. Interesting. I remember when they were doing the new, uh, now, now it's not so new, but the public safety headquarters, uh, that was a real big uh, part of their planning, you know, how to make this LEED certified, how to make this building, you know, have the lowest impact possible. You know? De yeah, definitely. Rec centers, fire stations. Um, we have staff in our capital facilities group that are involved in all of those. I've been really impressed just by the diversity of the portfolio of projects that they work on um, for a whole a broad set of customers across the county. And so how we actually design those buildings and construct them at the same, you know, to achieve those lead gold standards that we're being asked to achieve by the Board of Supervisors in a time where, just as I mentioned, some of those labor shortages as well as material shortages are really driving up um, pricing. And so we're getting bids on some of our contracts that were maybe even 50% higher than what we were estimating the project cost will be. That makes it very difficult for us to continue to deliver as many projects as well as uh, deliver projects at the same scope as what we originally intended. So that's just another challenge that we'll have to work through as part of our regular daily business. So I know that you are new in the position, and I don't mean to put any pressure on you, but what is the first big um, initiative you plan on implementing? Um, really good question. And as I've been going through the organization, so I've been working with our executive team, I've been talking to our senior management team to sort of identify where they think um, those opportunities are or where they need support. And they need me as the director to weigh in, um, particularly to either advocate for additional resources or resolve um, issues with other departments. And so I'm in that exploratory phase. Uh, intriguingly, I just had a conversation with an employee who was con relaying some stories about initiatives that we had implemented in the past that may have had some unintended consequences for staff. And so I'm, I'm very much of the opinion of, I wanna be open and transparent and hear from everyone in the organization. I just initiated a, an online form with the help from our IT staff where Anyone can communicate anonymously if they choose with me, and I've been getting fantastic suggestions every day. 
Uh, and we're doing the same with the physical suggestion box that we'll be placing at all of our facilities outside of the government center so that our staff members that don't have easy access to computers can do the same. So I'm really committed to employees and I really appreciate when they provide me that unfiltered feedback. And so um, not going to preview any specific initiatives because I really want to work with my leadership team to understand what all of the consequences might be, inten intentional or unintentional, as we start to make changes. I'll just say that I am looking where I can add value based on my experience to the organization because it already is a high-performing organization with a great leadership team that, you know, they've been doing really great work and I just want to enhance that. So um, we'll have to come back for another Enviro podcast, um, <laughs> and I'll give you more specifics. Well, speaking as a uh, uh, Fairfax County employee, I uh, I think I would imagine a lot of people in your department appreciate the opportunity to communicate with you anonymously and, and really, you know, because people love working here, but there are always things to improve. And sometimes that's difficult to bring up to leadership. And that that sort of um, anonymous 360 review is really valuable. And, uh, you know, for you to move forward successfully in your position, shoring up your department is a is a great way to start, it seems like. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, in, in closing, you mentioned uh, the effects of climate change and um, and, you know, all all that that implies. How do you just if you're looking into your crystal ball, what kind of issues do you see arising in Fairfax County in the next, say, two, two or three decades that you think you could begin to start chipping away at now? So, so you'd, you'd mentioned stormwater management, and you know that's really a, a key part of my background. When we think about how human activities change our planet, that's a really um, tangible example. As we add impervious cover on the surface of the ground for the roads that we drive on and the houses that we live in, um, it changes the relationship between how rainfall falls from the sky and then runs off and we get more runoff. And so clearly our human actions can have uh, a cumulative and negative or impact on the environment. And you can see that in lots of things. Uh, one of the best examples I would talk about is we could show how chemical uh, weed and feed components of, of pesticides um, in some of the, the products that you could buy from big box stores can be detected in stormwater runoff in Austin. And there's no industrial agriculture, you know, widespread commercial agriculture happening in downtown Austin. It's literally that we're detecting these um, con contaminants in streams because individuals are buying this product and applying it on their lawn. And in a small scale, in the aggregate, that has a big impact. The same thing is happening with climate change, right? So human activity is modifying um, our, our planet and having these consequences. What does that mean here? It means our temperatures are going to be changing, which can affect our vegetation. It's going to mean that our rainfall patterns are going to be changing. And so we'll have to do more in terms of responding to those more severe and more frequent extreme events. And we'll probably have a natural system underlying all that that's less resilient. More people are moving here because it's a fa fantastic place to live here, and I'm one of them, right? And so that puts additional pressure on our natural resources, and it takes away their ability to sort of absorb those shocks and stressors, which means the impacts that we feel, there are more of us to feel those impacts, and those impacts become more extreme. What does that mean for us? It's really hard to plan and staff to, to manage those extreme events because they occur infrequently. So what do we do in those t intervening timeframes, right, with uh, the people? 
So we have to become more flexible as an organization to be able to respond to that. And we need to be honest to make sure that we're asking for the resources to maintain that level of service that the community and, and the board of supervisors and the county executive wants us to maintain. And so that'll be part of my job is making sure I understand what those needs are and that I'm adequately conveying, representing those to our decision makers so that they can make the most informed decisions that they they uh, can make the most informed decisions because they're juggling with all of these different competing policy priorities. Right. And I'm just one of them. But at the same time, the other key component is we have to look out into the future this is a disaster that is unveiling itself in slow motion, right? And so it's not a sprint to an answer, it's a marathon of endurance. And so we will have to be doing our job to look out into the 40 and 50 year timeframes to understand how will climate change continue to reveal itself to us here in Fairfax County? And then what can we do today to be proactive? Because if we wait until it's time to react and we're reacting to something that is so large and out of our control, like global warming and global climate change, it will be too late and it will overwhelm our capacity to be able to respond. And so I'm really driven um, by public service in the sense that I wanna maximize my ability to responsibly use the tax dollars that come to us to protect our people and our resources. And so part of that responsible use of tax dollars is making sure that we're investing today to maintain our infrastructure and add infrastructure where we need it so that we will be ready for tomorrow. So. That People who want to live and have opportunities here in Fairfax County can today and tomorrow and 50 years from now. Well, Chris, as a resident of Fairfax County raising a family, um, I feel like I'm in good hands. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know that uh, heading up DPWES is a thoughtful, passionate person, you know, who's who's got their eye on the future. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. It's been fantastic. Just as you mentioned, all of the county staff are so passionate and dedicated and knowledgeable, and I've already learned so much from them. So I'm extremely uh, honored to be here and to be able to support their good work. Great. Chris Harrington of DPWES, the new director. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. I look forward to coming back. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to EnviroPod. If you want to get more information on the Fairfax County Department of Public Works and Environmental Services and all that it does, go to fairfaxcounty.gov publicworks or call 703-324-5033 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on EnviroPod, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government. Thank you.